Fair Trade, Resilient Rural Communities, Safe Food, and a Healthy Environment. Brought to you by IATP, the Institute for Agriculture and Trade Policy. This edition of Radio Sustain is for June 29, 2012. I'm Andrew Ranallo at IATP in Minneapolis. Today, I sit down with Valerie Segrist, a current IATP Food and Community Fellow, member of the Muckleshoot Tribe of the Pacific Northwest, and community nutritionist working to create a culturally appropriate system of health through traditional foods and medicines, storytelling, and what she calls place-based foods. She'll be speaking more about this at IATP's upcoming September conference, Food Plus Justice Equals Democracy. What is a place-based food? So for the people of the Pacific Northwest, where I'm from, Place-based food is our traditional foods, and they're foods that are much, much older than even human beings. So, you know, for us, the plants are the very first people that were put here. They were put here before the animals and the birds and the fish and us human beings. And even foods like crab and oysters, which are traditional foods to the people in the Northwest, are millions of years old. And so when I think of this local food movement, I think of traditional and native foods as the real local food of them. It's local, more local than the local. And that by eating those foods, you get this tie with the land and your environment, which um, is inextricably intertwined with culture and helping you remember who you are and where you come from. And so I see this so often with people, just putting that food on the plate in front of them and seeing elders remember stories from their childhood and stories about the food and the traditional name for the food or or language. All those memories come rushing back, and that's medicine, and that's uh, the kind of relationship that I want to have with food, that kind of connection. Um, and and that's very different from what I was taught, as, you know, in my training as a nutritionist, which is food is about carbohydrates and fats and proteins. And that's good and useful knowledge, but what about the relationship and the tie with the food that ties you to the land? And that, to me, is like a sense of place, which is rich. With the storytelling and the tie to, you know, eons of history and culture, how does this all tie back to social justice or bringing about positive change in the food system? So I think about just the changes that have happened in the food system in just the last 100 years and like looking back, you know, thousands of years to how long these foods have really provided subsistence for people and a place to live and have been thought of as teachers and a way of how to behave in the environment. You know, our salmon teaches us that, even the cedar tree does. And so they carry with them years of experience and can bring this new food system, this direction that we're heading, so much wealth and so much diversity. And it's really unprecedented what's happened in the last 100 years. And these foods are, you know, they carry this knowledge for that is so old and ancient that the new food system that we're building, its abundance and its scarcity is totally dependent on how well we honor these old world teachings. How do you find this all interplays with your background as a nutritionist and your training there? I know you said it's just a lot different and beyond the, you know, fats, proteins and carbs versus um, traditional storytelling. 
What kind of things have you run into along the way as you developed this this idea? I've learned that people want both and, and that's good. It's good to know. I think science does have a lot to offer, and I'm not you know, trying to discourage. We need more Native people in the science um, world. But also the relationship that we have with food is not focused on and it's um, and it's almost taboo to talk about because it can't be measured in a laboratory and that's ridiculous because we know that it exists we know that people have powerful relationships with food and that when you're talking to people about changing their diets and changing the way they eat and how they harvest and grow or get their food you're really talking to them about values and you know how well does science really address that? How well does carbohydrates and proteins really address values in people? What do you see as ways to possibly tie those two worlds together? One of the things that this elder has asked me, uh, one of my very favorite teachers, Hank Gobin, from the Tulalip tribe, has said, you know, nowadays our traditional and custom harvesting grounds are Safeway and Albertsons and QFC, and so how do you walk through the grocery store with your ancestors and bringing them in with you? And that was a really great question for me uh, to really think about. And I kind of posed it to other native food experts and worked with another woman on developing a set of principles to to carry with you while you're walking through the grocery store, which really helps because a lot of people just say, just tell me what to eat. You know, there's so many options and I'm overwhelmed and I'm sick of it. So just tell me what to eat. And I could do that. But the process of defining what is healthy for you is so empowering that I would feel totally guilty taking that opportunity away from somebody. It's part of the healing process. And so some of the traditional foods principles would be not that off from what we're hearing in the good food movement. Traditional foods are whole foods. They uh, you know, consist of one ingredient. A blueberry is a blueberry is a blueberry. There's no mystery there. Um, traditional foods are seasonal and they're local and um, they're wild and organic. You know, their uh, traditional foods are the center of culture. People would take this opportunity to sit around a table and transmit culture across the table or share an idea or philosophize or storytell. So they set the stage and created these platforms for people to share their gifts. And people would eat your traditional foods with good intention and to cook them with good intention. I've been to several events where... You know, we need as many cooks in the kitchen as possible. There are a lot of people to feed, but if you throw the spoon in the wrong way or stomp around, like, they will boot you out of the kitchen because they just don't want it on your food. And so, yeah, you don't want to be cooking dinner while you're listening to Democracy Now! or something. <laughs> you know, like, give yourself that time. Eating is a is important. And, and so we've developed these sort of principles and parallels of how you can eat a traditional foods diet in a modern world. That's great. Thanks a lot, Valerie. Yeah, thank you. Learn more about Valerie's work at www.foodandcommunityfellows.org. Learn more about IATP's September Conference on Food Justice at www.iatp.org slash food hyphen justice. Radio Sustain is a project of IATP the Institute for Agriculture and Trade Policy. Find us on the web at iatp.org. Radio Sustain's engineer is Patrick Sai. The music on the program was Tall Fiddler by Deo and Moth to the Flame by Saliva. I'm Andrew Rinaldo. Thanks for listening. <laughs>